0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Joy in Java Biblical Discussions to Fuel Your Faith. My name is Pastor Brian Donahue, and once again, I'm here with Pastor Kristen All. And together, we are a part of Pursuit Friends Church Network Houses. And, uh,. uh Anyways, um, how are you doing, Chris? I'm just going to stop right now and let you go and say whatever you want to say.
1: Yeah, but. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, uh, I had a very unexpected blessing as I was sorting through my very disorganized paperwork, Brian, and I were laughing about before we started here, uh, found a lovely um, uh, $200 check that I didn't know was coming and didn't know I had that's been sitting around in my pile for, for So months. clean your desk out. <laughs> clean. I was
0: sitting there for months.
1: (laughs) So, So the moral of this podcast is clean out your paperwork. You might not just find bills. You might actually find.
0: (laughs) And you just summed up the first chapter of Ephesians. I'm just kidding. You did (laughs) nothing to do with that.
1: It's a very practical chapter about paperwork
0: management, (laughs)
1: uh, which I'll never read again. Apparently, because I'm (laughs)
2: right.
0: Well, you know, isn't it's just it's a it's a miraculous thing that never got tossed um, in the mail, and you get to enjoy that.
1: They just stack up until I'm ready to deal with I them.
0: I see. I see. Yeah, okay. so yeah. I
1: triage them when they come in. Uh, maybe apparently not very effectively. <laughs> and then... <laughs>
3: Was it? Was it labeled? How was it labeled?
0: Was it labeled from Northwest yearly meeting or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. So you yeah, said I, in but, your heart, this is probably nothing worth my time. I, and honestly, so Brian, I don't remember. Here. I don't remember ever seeing it.
1: So it must have been one of those days where I'm like, I'm taking this mail and I'm just quickly right, put right, it yes. on the the pile of you know things to be dealt with at some point. And apparently, some point was you know three and a half, four months later. So five months i don't yes. know quite a while
0: <laughs> yes the conference was last <laughs> november <laughs> Just, uh, this is what uh,
1: here's my here's my pro tip uh, in addition to going through your paperwork auto pay everything that's super important that's what yes <laughs> indeed indeed.
0: prioritize
1: <laughs> right right that's how i keep me out of trouble i don't you know i uh, have the bank auto pay everything that's mm-hmm. really important so yeah anyway how good. are you doing trying <laughs> good
0: for you i'm doing excellent uh i'm not 200 dollars wealthier today um <laughs> like you are but <laughs> I, I will say this. I'm I am pretty excited, Kristen, because this past few days I was able to finally release something I've been working on for a long time, in mm. a st- fictional, historical, fictional story um, that started in my head when I was way back at Malone University back in '98. Oh, that's fun. 1998. That, did they um, have
1: color back then, Brian?
0: Or they was did. Yeah, that... it, <laughs> it had just come out, though. Thank you very much. And uh, we did not have cell phones, though. I remember right? that. Uh, yeah. yeah, At least I didn't have one, I should say. And
1: uh, before cell phones, for mm, sure. Yeah,
0: it existed young people so what
1: is it brian i so mean i know it's but a book. I, you know.
0: it's a book called <laughs> the darkness and the light and it's a story based in 1950 and it's a kind of what if world war ii turned out differently hitler wins in europe brings it to u.s soil and takes over ultimately and is assassinated and the new leader starts to persecute the christian church and i focus just on the Christian church in this novel. Perhaps in a sequel, I'll go a little bit deeper with that and, and include other faiths in that too. But uh, it's about churches having to go underground and having this battle within themselves between do we do this peacefully and passively and just go underground and risk our lives to worship and pray and gather together or do we fight back forcefully with weapons Mm. and so it's kind of Mm. a brother against brother friend against friend story um and so I'm real excited about it I've only I started it 20 years ago and when we got married Devin and I I would spend some evenings working on it but I really didn't work on it for years and years and it hasn't been until the last two years I've really spent time in whatever extra time I had pouring into it and it's been edited by my wonderful sister in law, who does that professionally, and got a cover designed by a professional and all that stuff. So it's available on Kindle, on Amazon. Go purchase it. Write a review. Give me five stars too. That would really help help me out tremendously. After yeah. you read it, of course, be honest. Yeah. Though, it's a I'm fun saying.
1: read. It's and a fun read. Okay, am I allowed to? Did you read uh, it? it? You
0: haven't read it.
1: Yes, I have. You, you read it? it to me.
0: Oh, I did, you didn't said... I? I forgot about that. <laughs> so so you didn't buy it you well it wasn't available then i'm just kidding i'm totally kidding so um yeah you can buy it out
1: all of two days and i have read it you know like yeah
0: i appreciate that and so my (laughs) my uh it's available on kindle right now and i'm getting the proof copy of the paperback version friday it's nice. Wednesday right now at the time. So I'm not releasing the paperback until I can actually see a copy in my hands and make sure everything is how it should be. Yeah. Um, and so the paperback, hopefully, sometime next week, if this proof is good, uh, yeah. will be out. And so I'm so, excited about that.
1: I'd love to capture the moment uh, just real quick because I know we got to get to Ephesians. But what is it? What are you feeling right now having accomplished this project that's gone on? For like Brian, that's twenty years. Like, like, wh- What's that? Wh- you know, describe that.
0: Well, it's almost embarrassing in one sense, okay. And it's and it's just it's just and I say oh, focus on almost and, uh, the word almost in that almost embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Because a part of me says, well, no wonder it took twenty years because it's who I you know it's me you know. Um, <laughs> but it was a story that started out for me as a musical i was going to write all the music and i had a friend of my own that was going to write the actual dialogue of the story and we wanted it to be this theater production and that didn't work out we both moved on and but i just kept it i even had the songs recorded just myself at one point in time
1: oh how interesting i
0: hung on to that for a while but then Devin and I got married and I said, well, that's not going anywhere. I don't even think I had a piano at the time, access to one. And I said, I'm just going to start writing the dialogue, but write it in novel form, write it in story Ah, form. And so that's how it started. And then I'd work on it. I'd get real excited. And then I just, then I just, you know, life happened and you got to pay bills. And so I just, I just dropped it. And then we, Few years later, I picked it up again for a short time, and then dropped it again. And just the last couple of years, it just was like it was on my heart, and I began fleshing out the story and the characters a little more. And my sister-in-law really pushed me more in that, um, which was great. This was what I needed. And mm-hmm. it's a small story. It's not. It's not a big long novel. It's more of a novella size. But it yeah. feels. It feels like. I feel like this is a culmination where God started something in me and like I feel like the story does have relevance for our time and um and I think you can read it as a Christian and a non-Christian and enjoy it Mm. because it's it's not like there's parts of it where you go okay that's Jesus that's God yeah uh it's not it's not preachy and yeah so i tried to keep it that way so that a larger audience could read it so i'm excited about it and uh you should be. That's amazing. Go go buy it on Amazon. Just look up Brian Donahue or The Darkness and the Light. It'll come up. So thanks for letting me plug that, Kristen. I appreciate that.
1: Well, I, you know, I didn't even mean it necessarily as a plug, Brian. I just think um, we all have things that God's put in our hearts that we wrestle with. Why is that there if I can't do anything about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm just speaking for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there are things that have uh, over my life that I'm like... I you know, stop it, Lord! <laughs> like, don't do it. I'm not going to get to do anything with this, or this mm-hmm. isn't going anywhere. Um, so I think it's um, interesting to talk about, you know, things that have been there for a long time, and and yeah. kind of capture that, you know, to come to at least some sort of fruition. Whatever, you know, like this yeah. may not, hopefully, won't be the end of this of this story, right? right? But you are at like a mile marker. You know what I mean? We're you know, brought I'm, it together to be something, you know, so. It's
0: it's something in my life that I'm not going to look back, back on, even if it doesn't go any farther than this. Like if a handful of people ever buy it and I can't market it and it just doesn't. Yeah. Even, it do, it's not worth the time of writing a sequel to the novel. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Or a prequel because I got ideas for both. And uh, it's, I can say I tried. And that's yeah. what I want my kids to see.
2: Yeah, if right. you got
0: something in you, go for it, and it could take off. You never know; it could be the thing, yeah. um, and it may just be a fun thing. It may just be a temporary thing, but I'll never look back and say, "Oh, I wish I would have tried to publish." it. I mean, I'm self-publishing it. Yeah, but it's it's you know you just that's what a lot of authors are doing is self-publishing, yep. and then maybe down the road a um, publishing place says, "Hey, we're going to pick you up." Um, Cause you yeah. proved you can write good stories or you sold so many, you know, so yeah. they'll take more risks with you. So my goal is just tell the story and, you know, I want to make, you know, go buy it, please. Pretty please. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, it's out there and it'll bless who it needs to bless.
1: Well, and I just want, I know we got to get to Ephesians, but I just want to applaud something that I think we all need to embrace as believers, which is. Being willing to be vulnerable, to step out when you feel like, and that's how you learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is by trial and error. And sometimes you may try something and be like, I don't know what that was about. Maybe it was me, maybe, was, but like, mm-hmm. you'll never develop. We won't, we'll never yeah. know what God had for us if we're not willing to risk some things. And we, um I think that leads us well into Ephesians, which is that really there's nothing that we're risking. You know, that, so it feels like a lot to us, but uh, right. in God's economy, we're not risking anything, even if we get it wrong. So
2: mm-hmm. anyway,
1: I just, I just, um, I'm kind of loving this like moment that. of, you know, you, you stepped out and you completed it. And that's mm-hmm. amazing. You mm-hmm. know, whatever else happens. So.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate You're that. Welcome. And that is good encouragement. Before we jump into Ephesians, I want to um, do something that our friend Aaron did for us at both house churches. Um, I think it's appropriate to do this now, Chris, and then we'll read read the passage. And I know you've got some opening thoughts too, um, yeah. just about the no, opening I think of it, so.
1: It'll set Ephesians up well, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, Aaron posed uh, really two different questions that really, for us at Whitmer, and I, I think at, at Deborah House too, really stirred some great Thought and process and consideration in our hearts as we approach Ephesians. But I think we can even use this, this is just good life questions too, because there tends to be um, in the American church for sure, um, a couple groups that can exist inside the same group of people. Okay? And, and this is probably true for many settings too, but in the church we see this for sure is that there's an insider group and an outsider group and that many of some of us like i'm in ministry i grew up in church uh there's most of my life i would say i probably felt like an insider Mm -hmm. in church you know and in life when you know because my whole life has been consumed with following christ being Mm -hmm. a part of ministry and being in the Mm -hmm. church culture um So that's my context, but there have also been times where I have felt like an outsider, Mm -hmm. um, within that context as well, Mm -hmm. where maybe I was challenging a status quo, um, planting a church, you know, and I felt like an insider with you guys. Yeah. Excuse me. Part of that did feel like outsider stuff, you know? Yeah. And there's different reasons we feel like insiders and outsiders too. Uh, it can be how we look, what color our skin is. Uh, it can be our background, our socioeconomic stuff. You know, it can be um, our belief system, whatever, mm-hmm. how we vote. It can. It's there's all sorts of um, ways. Go our ahead. marital status. Marital status. Listen, um, I'm shouting right. to my single yeah. friends
1: in the church, like, I see you, I wish Excellent. I could fix it for you. So I just want to shout that mm-hmm. out
0: for a yeah. moment. No, yeah. That's, that's a good point. And, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, oh, here's a great point, Kristen, just jumping off of what you said. Sometimes we unintentionally yes. create yes. the difference between an outsider and an insider. Just yeah. in the very simple thing of my list right there was, you know, you know. Yep. So yep. it's just sometimes this is unintentional. Yep. Um, sometimes we can choose which group we're a part of. Mm-hmm. I think that happens less often, though. Um, but here's the questions that Aaron posed for us as we approached Ephesians, okay? First of all, we have to know that for God, there are no insiders or outsiders. Amen. His love and his heart and his arms are open to everyone. His whole desire is to walk with us, talk with us, to be with us. And when I say us, I mean everybody. He came for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. Okay? There are no outsiders or insiders to God when it comes to how we're talking about this here. And for the insiders, he said, how do we make our faith uh, either fenced off or an inviting faith? Where we have, we talked about an open circle. And we talk about that a lot at Pursuit is we want our circle here to be wide open so that any time... Anybody that wants in or is investigating the circle or says, that's my circle, they (laughs) have the opportunity to jump in and feel a part of the family right away, even if they're only there for a short time. Right. And so how do we as insiders, as, you know, make our faith fenced off, nobody more, this is who you have to look this way, you have to be this way, you have to believe this, whatever, or how do we make it inviting? And I loved that. And he said, we have to let go of how we think the Christian faith should look. Right. And we have to be okay with being surprised with how others engage <laughs> in the Christian faith. And we have been learning that a lot
2: yes. in our journey, Christian, yeah,
0: and growing mm-hmm. in that. And praise the Lord, because it means our circle is open. It means people have freedom to investigate, freedom to say what's on their heart, freedom to say what they think about this or that whatever the topic is bible or not bible (laughs) and uh we can't be surprised that someone is approaching it from a little different perspective or maybe a vastly different perspective and if we find ourselves constantly doing that then we need to evaluate am i fenced off or is this inviting and do i really trust the holy spirit to get people where the Holy Spirit wants them to be, not where I want them to be because I live in this side of town, or I vote this way, or I read the Bible from this perspective. And then if you're an outsider, you feel like an outsider, you are an outsider, and I've been there. Um, How do I see my story change in light of God's story? And he asks these, what beliefs about what God has done in Jesus can I root myself in? And how do I express those beliefs in my actions in words? And I love those questions, Kristen, because I really think that uh, there are times in my life when I have felt like an outsider because of what was going up here, not because of what God had revealed to me and what God has to say about me.
1: And by here, you were pointing at your head.
0: My head, sorry. I forget yeah. <laughs> that these videos. Right. <laughs> you can see me, but our listeners cannot. <laughs> so I, I just, I love those, those mm-hmm. questions. What beliefs about God has, about what God has done in Jesus, can I root myself in? Just, you think about a tree going deep, right? And how mm-hmm. deep, we, it's, it's fascinating roots, how deep they can go and how they secure that tree. Mm-hmm. And how can I root myself in that? So no matter what the world says about me, no matter what sometimes well-intentioned people, what mean-spirited people might say about me, I'm rooting myself in what God has done, in what mm-hmm. Jesus has done, and what Jesus says about me. Um, and then how do I express those beliefs in my actions and words? So I love that it's both ways for outsiders and insiders, how, how he approached this for us was... Uh, we have something to do with this by how we think about ourselves and how we interact with the world, but also in God, and most importantly. But um, also, if we find ourselves in one of these camps, uh, there's room for evaluation and growth in yeah. understanding and being secure in who we are in Christ. And so, we don't need to necessarily apply a negative versus a positive to these terms either. Um, right. And I think that's really important. And so you think about Ephesians, and in light of this and the letter that Paul is writing, uh, and there's other things we're going to get into, but it's just, these were great, let's start with this and evaluate this. And it really stirred Kristen and us deep, like I saw people, and I myself was like, oh, people, it, we had a prolonged silence and i'm you know what i think about prolonged silence
1: were you sweating brian
0: (laughs) profusely no uh it was you
1: weren't leading so it's probably not as sweaty that's right that's right so
0: it was good though
1: yeah and it's a brilliant um way for this book to land in our personal lives that is faithful to what Paul was trying to write here, because he's writing to a church that is filled with people from two different backgrounds, both the Gentiles and the Jews, and the Jews obviously feel like they're insiders, because they were born insiders. They were born into the Jewish faith, and this is an extension of that Jewish faith and the culture, and so they're feeling very at home, and then now in the church are these people who've come in, been grafted in from the outside, who who very just by their birth feel like outsiders to the faith and are trying to sort through and it adds tension and richness to both sides. And so I love this, uh, starting place that aaron built for us to to connect to this story of ephesians to our you know to what they were feeling and what it means in our lives and to be reminded of that key point which is that those are our distinctions not gods Mm -hmm. um which is so powerful yeah well i think we should dig in what do you think
0: yeah got your shovels everybody i mean your bibles (laughs) here we go i'll i'll start Kristen do you want me to just read the first two verses here and then go on sure. do you have some I comments don't care. about either,
1: either way but i don't want to buzz by those too quick so okay. I, you know it's only 14 verses. So. okay
0: let, i'll read the whole thing and then yeah. i'll let i'll yeah. let you start cuz i think you've got some good stuff for, to share with us um Uh, This is Ephesians 1, in case that has got lost Uh, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world,
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, Paul is just packing in like with the whole cosmic scope.
0: <laughs> He's a deep guy, this Paul.
1: And three through 14. <laughs> yeah. But before we even get there, there are a couple things that I, um, that really stuck out to me on the first two verses, just on the opening. Mm. So, um, one of them is just apostle, just as a definition of terms. I actually went and looked this up because it's one of those oh, really? like Christian words that like mm. we we throw around as if we know what they mean. But when I ask myself, do I actually know what they're getting at? I didn't. So the the mm. definition I uh, the Bible definition right from one of the commentators I looked at was. Um, it is a divinely commissioned person to represent Christ, especially in pioneering or new works. And so it is not a term that, um, that is Hmm. something we couldn't use now of Mm -hmm. people. Um, And it is not just the disciples, like the 12 we tend to think of or the 11, but it is, you know, anyone who's been given a mission to represent Christ, especially in new places. So, you know, um, that was helpful to me. And I loved the, um, the underscoring that that comes from God, that, you know, all of our charges, all of the the responsibilities, big or small, whether they sound like apostles or uh, they sound mm-hmm. like paperwork, um, they're all <laughs> assignments <laughs> from the Lord. So I loved that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was my first thought. Do you want to get in on that or should I move to my next one?
0: <laughs> Move to your next one.
1: Okay, my next one. The next one is a bigger one. Um, I just thought that was kind of a, you know, I like to do those definitions. Well, oh, that was so. fantastic.
0: I think that yeah. is so, it, Kristen, I, I do have a thought. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I was surprised if you didn't, Brian. I, you know, I,
0: I have a thought, and it's that I, I love how these discussions that we have in our house churches around couches and around a coffee table or whatever. Yeah. is um opens us up to pulling different things out of this. Yeah. I would have never in a million years because I know what apostle means. Would have pulled that out for people who maybe don't know what that means. Is that would be a strange term. Yeah. Um so I I just love that you saw that and have a heart to explain that in this way because it is helpful. That word does, when you understand Paul's role a little bit better, it does open, it kind of, it makes you almost perk up and pay a little bit closer attention to what is coming. So that's super helpful. Thank you.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's helpful for most of us, because if we're insiders, we tend to think we know what it means without examining it. I do. (laughs) And if we're outsiders, we have no idea what these bizarre terms are, and they're not that bizarre. They're just unfamiliar. So Mm -hmm. um, and and, anyway, so speaking of unusual terms and things that are different. So I really loved and this goes along with the insiders and outsiders Mm -hmm. um, theme. When Paul addresses this, he says it's to the holy people in verse 1, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And I really got to thinking about how I typically think of myself versus how Paul called believers. So we in our culture, and I think this is not all bad, Mm -hmm. tend to refer to ourselves as sinners, because we recognize that we're in process. We recognize that we're not done. We're not completely different from the world around us, right? But that is not how the early church talked about themselves. Um, they talked about themselves as saints, not like in the Catholic sense,
2: yeah, but yeah. in
1: a holy people, people who were part of this new spiritual family. And that is dependent not on anything that you do, mm-hmm. but on being adopted, on being chosen, on being yeah. accepted into this new family. And, you know, some of us are faithful or some days we are faithful and other days we are not, (laughs) right? So that faithfulness is the variable, but the status is not variable. Mm. And I have really been mulling a lot about our, how we think about ourselves and the, Mm. um, how that is helpful to our faith or not helpful to our faith. And, and, and should we, should we be, uh, thinking about ourselves as a holy people, as a priesthood, um, while acknowledging that we are still in process, right? But when we only acknowledge that we're sinners, are we giving that too much power? Are we depending on the Lord's strength in us as he changes us? Are we uh, are we walking in the confidence of knowing that we're we are secure, whether or not um, we feel faithful in that moment. So um, anyway, that those were a lot of my thoughts um, as we think about that and and that idea that they're all on the same status, yeah. whether you know, whether they have come from the outside or from the inside, whether they're Jews or or Gentiles, they are all considered holy people. Um, and we are all considered holy people, no matter where we started. Where mm-hmm. you know um, whether we grew up in church or not, whether we, you know. So um, anyway, those that was really um, that really hit me this week, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's really good, and we can't underestimate the struggle the early church had with the Jews versus the Gentiles yep. the whole thing. And and this is a revolutionary new thing for Jewish folks who are now believers in Jesus, which was a big leap. That was right. a lot of, of their friends, their families, their colleagues, people they live next door to did not come with them. They did not yeah. jump on board the Jesus train. I'm not trying to be yeah.
2: respectful. Yeah, most of them Jesus, didn't, but, right? right. It was, so
0: yeah. um, now Jesus said, go into all the world. <laughs> and so they're going. And now they've got this kind of migration almost, this influx of now – other people who aren't Jews saying yes to Jesus or investigating curious and so there's this real struggle going on and Paul is speaking words of incredible peace and wisdom and insight from the heart of God yeah so that's the emphasis of chapter one for sure here for these first few verses is um, hey you are a part of God's family. Yeah. And I hear, when I read this, Kristen, I, man, I, I feel like there have been times in my life when I have doubted that. Yeah. And there's probably people listening to this or will listen to this that will go, yeah, you know. Paul is saying to these folks, don't doubt it you are a part of the family of god and a part of his kingdom and that's powerful these the everybody not just the ephesians because we do know there are some manuscripts that don't even have ephesus in this in this so right right you know, um so we have to we have to understand this is a letter that is going out and being dispersed and right and sent out and All these people are reading this, and for maybe for the first time, really processing, I am a child of God. I Mm. have been chosen. He does love me.
2: Mm.
0: You know? Because, yeah, it's just super, super important.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, let's, I mean, then let's dig into this. This is my Bible fact for the day that I was very excited about. Yes. Three through 14. One Greek sentence, two hundred and two words, no punctuation. <laughs> Longest sentence in the New Testament.
0: Is it really?
1: Yes. Okay. So no, no wonder in the in, no wonder. Um, I, I feel like when we read this, it's like looking at a masterpiece work of art, mm. where you're like, "Holy cow, that is amazing!" And I don't even kn- really know how to pull it in. Like, it all fits together, and yet there are these big ideas, yeah. and when I read that, like, that that's how it was written originally, no wonder where we were all just, like, Okay, how do we there it is packed full of mm-hmm. um deep profound meaning and uh, you know uh Paul's going to get real practical in the second half of the book but he starts out here with like let's just paint the cosmic scope for you. So um if you, if you feel like it's hard to get a toehold into this passage that's why that's why. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I had no idea that that yeah, that is right. A... Wow. Cool. And, and Stephanie at our house starts said, wow, that's a lot of run on. There's like right? very few periods here. Well, um, and that's
1: with, yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the modified for English readers version, yes, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so but I, I think,
1: yeah, let's start pulling it apart a yeah. little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> first,
0: first of all, here in, here in verse Three, I, I think I can pass over this if I'm not careful, because I, you know, mm. I get right to the predestination stuff. Um, but Paul makes this statement, and I'm going to read it again, just to, as a reminder. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Mm. The Holy Spirit is cool. <laughs> <laughs> the holy, you know, this yeah. Yeah. this is Paul is is what I read into that, Kristen, is Paul is saying, um, all these spiritual blessings God has poured Himself. There's words here in verse eight that He's lavished on us. That God's mm-hmm. grace being lavished on us. Mm-hmm. There may be some things and aspects of our salvation and who God is that is hard to understand, but. Because of his grace and his patience and his goodness, he gives us the opportunity to learn and to grow. And um, so, what we're about to dive into here might, especially if you've never heard this before, might seem like, oh my gosh, you know, what, oh wow, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, hear us when we say, wow, what does this mean? For us, how do we apply this to our lives? So we're going to work through that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that phrase blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ is one that's ringing in my ears, Brian. And I'm glad that you, um. That you pull that out because um, it, it is one of the pieces you can hold on to when some of the rest of this you're like, okay, I don't understand these mechanics at all, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are th- there are definitely other pieces where you're like, that's something I can hold on to, um, even if I don't understand how it works,
0: right? We can be rooted in that. Like we were encouraged, you know, how, how Absolutely. can we be rooted in this?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so let's, let, you know, verse four then kind of gets us into one of the big, more difficult um, mechanics that that Paul comes back to several times here. But um, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then you get into the P word, the predestination for adoption. Um, so
0: I'm <laughs> not going to. Call this the p word in front of my kids, because they'll take no, it in no. the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Don't have little kids anymore. I didn't think about that. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I just
0: of... brought I just brought the level of our conversation way down in the. Uh...
1: <laughs> but you know, it was interesting. So it, you know what what Paul is getting at here is that initiation of God having chosen us. Before the beginning of time, as his children, and that is a beautiful thing. Um And a lot of us talked about how much comfort there is in that. Like you know that you that someone picks you. Like we are on the schoolyard, right? And oh my goodness! Like oh, I'm yeah. gonna get picked last, you know? Like no, God, we're not his last pick. We are cherished Mm -hmm. and chosen to be a part of his family and to grow into that that's the holy and blameless right we're not you know we're not fully there yet and yet god says because i've chosen you i see you that way It's, it's a an amazing statement even before we get into what are the mechanics of how that
2: works
0: yeah and i and i love the phrase in love here is really important to Mm. me and it's Mm. been important for a while as we've as a church have been engaged in talking about beloved identity more and more right and uh you know man when i think of beloved identity and what that means to me that man okay i'm i'm not really an outsider by god's standards you know he chose me right um you know there's all sorts of you know, he says adoption here, which is a beautiful phrase a beautiful yeah. term. Um my son talks frequently, his teacher at school, uh, they adopt kids and uh just was able to adopt a new kid here recently. And my son was just so impressed with that. He he didn't have he didn't have parents, Mom. You know, he didn't have he didn't he had to live, you know, in this home with other people and um he was really taken aback by that in mm. his learning about the world uh a little more and it saddened in him but he it was wonderful because that teacher and kind of took her students on a journey of her adoption mm. and they celebrated the day mm. that adoption happened and um talked about it and we got to talk with brody just you know it wasn't like this long thing but it was it was like isn't it wonderful how blessed we are but you know just like god adopted or mrs wheeler adopted this little i can't remember if it's boy or girl now but adopted this child um she chose that she stepped into that situation into that kid's reality and said you have value you have worth you are mine I want you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so for me, as I'm reading through this passage, and we've all been through our own stuff, of course, and our life situations and circumstances. And when I read this, I I I just I'm so thankful, Kristen, that God chose me, that mm-hmm. He loved me before the foundations of the world was put into were put into place. And he chose me and He loves me. And knowing how I would, in, from my perspective, let him down, he still chose me. Mm -hmm. He still chose you. Beautiful.
1: It is. And to go even a little bit more with that, Brian, um, The status, whether they, you know, in a family, when adoption is done fantastically well, and we're people, so we don't always do it right on this earth. When the kids who are biological and the kids who are adopted have the same rights, Mm. the same same, uh, inheritance, the same culture, the same. That's what God is getting at, like with this insiders and outsiders that we put on here. He's like, those of you who were born Gentile. I see as the same as those who are Jews, you've all been adopted no matter where you started and mm-hmm. the blessings that I have by my character and my power as the creator of the universe belong to all of you. Not because like you said, not because you're going to be a great child, but because I brought <laughs> you into the family. Yeah. Right. And, and those blessings are you know, this would have been a legal, when they talk about adoption here, that was a legal status, like, just like it is in our day today. And so those, um, you know, step kids, quote unquote, same inheritance as the biologic kids, the, the adopted kids. And God is saying, like, look, you all have the same legal status to those blessings. So, yeah, it's pretty profound. Well, then we had a big discussion in our house church on a little bit of the mechanics of predestination. And, you know, um, not a lot of people in our house church had thought about it much before. So it was kind of a really cool, um, almost theoretical discussion about how we deal with different understandings, right? Because some will read scripture and say, well, God initiates all of it. And so so there is not really mm-hmm. a free choice. Right. And others will read it. And it's way more complicated. As, as Aaron likes to say, a lot of ink has been spilled on this. Right. So I'm I'm grossly oversimplifying <laughs> it. But <laughs> but then others will say, no, no, we clearly see uh, that we have a choice and and that we can choose whether or not to be a part of the family. And so we kind of wrestled with what do we do with that? Um with that word. Mm. And how do we understand that? Um, did you guys talk about that much?
0: Uh, not really from that point of view. Um, yeah. it yeah. was, it was a little bit, and honestly, we didn't really hone in on predestination yeah. significantly like we thought. And, and I think it's because of Aaron's opening questions about outsiders, insiders. We were more kind of focused on how, what that means for us. Yeah. Um, but it was more of a sense. I think there were some, just a brief conversation about how does free will fit into that? And, yeah. um, and it's just, it's one of this marvelous, I guess you call it a mystery. I don't know if there's a yep. better word for it, but just of, you know, got, there, there are some things that we're not going to know maybe ever. Cause maybe by the time a new heaven and new earth thing happens, you know these questions are either care. all answered yeah. <laughs> and we just have the knowledge of it or we're like whoa that's yeah. jesus right there yeah. you know and right, and look right. at all these you know there there are yeah. s- there's some imagery and revelation of certain things maybe they'll be in heaven you know but it's like uh, i you know it's the mystery of it is powerful and we can't we have to be careful when there's a passage where we talk about predestination, but then we know there's free will. We know there's free will. And God chose, well, does that mean he intentionally leaves people out? No. <laughs> but there he knows there will be people that will reject it, you know? I mean, that's, yeah. this is free will gives us, he knew who would exercise free will in which way. Yeah, And so in that for me, like for me, that's how I wrap my head around this is yeah. there is free will and God d- did choose us. But it's he chose us in the sense that he knew who would exercise or who would say yes and who would reject this incredible gift. And mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, and I think the other side of that that's tricky is is that we can also see clearly in scripture that we, a dead thing can't come alive out of its own power. And so there's a sense in which God's spirit must breathe new life in us for us to come alive. And, um, I think that's, yeah. we, we talked a lot about the, the tension and I personally, that's part of why I'm bringing it up is because I love this discussion. So we talked about how, um, there is tension often in us trying to understand how God works. And Jay brought the best like summary, which is we're in trouble. If, if I understand God, then that's bad. Cause mm-hmm. then he's not God. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like if I can, <laughs> if I totally understand how the Supreme creator being works, um, then is he really the Supreme creator being? And so I think that there is um, profit in and kind of pulling the pieces apart because it makes us go deeper. It makes us find the things that we know are roots, right? Mm-hmm. The character of God, the fact that he loves us, the fact that he lets us choose things that he yeah, respects, yeah. you know, like that he's mm-hmm. a gentleman and yet that our abilities completely come from him. Like those are all deep roots yeah. and um, is very helpful in, Our faith, I think, to embrace that tension of we don't know how it works, but also I think it helps us be gracious to those who think who have decided they think it knows how it works and say, you are still a brother or a sister to me, even if you have resolved that tension in a way that I'm not comfortable with, or even if I'm not there yet, Uh, Aaron calls it a thoughtful I don't know, right? It's not Mm -hmm. that we've ignored it, because I feel like when we paper over these things, we get a very fragile faith that either um, leads us in a path that is not godly or can Mm. easily be broken by the real world, which is complex. And uh, and sooner or later, you're going to get hit by that. Mm. My fragile faith doesn't doesn't fit this situation. And then what do you do? So, um, we had a great discussion and it ended up being kind of a theoretical. How do you handle these, these issues with yeah. each other, which was really good.
0: So. That's so good. And I, that faith is really important. You know, there's, yeah. there's that, that list of, of, I, we can call it the hall of faith in our Christianese, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Is it in Hebrews? And
2: yeah.
0: We, we, you know by faith it moses by faith abraham by faith david by faith you know all of yeah. these things and they didn't i mean they had a fraction of what we have when it comes to what we call the bible you know yeah, yeah. and uh so by faith mm. and we need to remember that and keep that in our hearts and it's a beautiful <laughs> moment jay had expressing that you know yeah. that's really important and so helpful to us that we can't if we can logically think through and reason every single thing out just like god can and we can understand every aspect of god why would we surrender anything to that why would we give our lives to that so uh, and
1: yet there's that tension of using the brain that he's given us we're created in his image and so um i don't think we're also called to go too far in the pendulum Absolutely. and say yep. therefore um you know i'll just blindly do whatever i want and assume god's going to work it out and ignore the mm-hmm. common sense common and the wisdom sense. and yeah. the abil- the ability to understand that he has given me right yeah. it's that it's that both and
0: ooh, tension
1: ooh. that we live in all the time right ooh.
0: Me, me, can I say? Yes, it's please do. One really great example of that in Scripture that I see is when Paul tries to go into a city, but it's the doors are not opening. Like, there's reasons yeah. why he should not go there. He actually turns around or changes course. Right. He actually avoids what he knows is going to be persecution.
1: And he, he sees it as the leading of the Holy Spirit.
0: Bam. You know? I hope I didn't steal your thunder there. No, it's okay. I said bam. So
1: I know. I know, but I was worried that I didn't.
0: (laughs) 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 I I I just I think you know, and there's there's countless other times too. And there's times when like uh old Abraham thought he was being real logical and smart with calling his wife his sister
1: oh well that's you know what a whole I mean? that's a different thing though brian like
0: i know it's different <laughs> but come on he was thinking through it Here's no, what I'm no, saying no. Is... He was i'm
1: be- saying no no he was being driven by fear
0: shoot so <laughs> <anyway>.
2: <laughs> listen that i love you brother abraham but too. he was that was that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but All right. I I'm, I, we need to move uh, so my yeah, analogy fell short and uh, I'm sorry it's I'm okay sorry. it's okay but I you're can right. there
1: are examples in both directions totally, right of times yeah. when we're when when Jesus says go put your nets back in and they logically are like there's not gonna be any fish
0: mm-hmm. right yeah yeah.
1: So there are times, there's both, it's a both. Yeah. And, and yep. I also think that's part of why we're called to be together as a body. When we read this, we tend to mm. think Western me, I am a temple. It is my faith. I, and that is not how the original mm-hmm. audience read this. They read this first as we are the temple. Oh, we so good. are called into faith. Secondly is personal choice. Mm-hmm. First is communal. And yeah. that is a, a difference in culture, but also, <laughs> uh, if it was wrong, then, then God would have been correcting it mm-hmm. to them because the, and it is not, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we need to be aware of that. Yeah. Right. In our, in our cultural. Yep.
0: And again, I want to come back around as you, as we're going through this to, uh, phrases in here as well. Um, yeah. glorious grace.
1: Yeah. It's
0: freely given yeah. us through yeah. Jesus. Uh, redemption through the blood uh the forgiveness of sins and listen mm-hmm. to this and this is just just is incredible in which i've already stated but in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on us i love so God lavished is not held yeah it is yeah. Uh, he, he has not held anything back yeah from us mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. lavished it on us and it's rich. Mm-hmm. It's from a place of riches, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's never going to run out. Mm-hmm. And someone might need to hear that today, Kristen, mm-hmm. that God's love and his grace and his forgiveness is never, ever going to run out in your life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He's never going to run out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, it's infathomably huge. <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the God we serve. And that this is what these people needed to hear. Like, like whoever this letter was gonna be in front of and read aloud in front of a group gatherings or whatever, mm-hmm. or individuals mm-hmm. reading it, they needed to hear this stuff. Paul isn't just he's not just expressing this for the sake of laying down a doctrine or a theological point. This is what these people needed to hear. Yeah, and and so he's revealing the truth of who God is and what Jesus did uh, for their edification, for their building up. Um, because we're gonna, you know, we know the early church needed this uh, because they were literally laying down their lives Mm -hmm. for this stuff. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so good, and I love. Kind of the next verse sort of does the both and a little bit, you know, grace lavished Mm. on us, but with all wisdom and understanding, like that's the cognitive sort of, you know, it's both right. It's Mm -hmm. the it's the lavish feelings and also that he fully knows us and he knows how he's going to bring it all together In unity, everything in heaven, on earth, under Christ, Um, we don't know that. That's the mystery, right? But he's saying, he's revealing that mystery of how this is all going to be restored back unto God himself, um, be the way it should be. Um, And he did that because he wants us to know his good pleasure. According to his good pleasure, he wants us to know that that is the end, the outcome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we. like
1: you have to read this like you would, I'm not a big poetry reader, mm-hmm. um, but I have been learning a little bit, especially because of some of the course, Bible courses that I'm in, right? So much of scripture is poetry. And so you've just got to get more comfortable with that. And um, maybe in our, like for my culture, uh, a lyric might be more akin where you play it over and over in your head, like a mm-hmm. phrase captures you and you start to mull. What does that mean? That's what these, this 202 sentence, you know, uh, word sentence is like, it's, it's like poetry or lyric that you, yeah. m- you mull on and mm-hmm. you dig into sort yeah. of, you know,
0: sort of, uh, you know, this, the song, is it called Africa? Toto is that you know I
1: bless the rains down in Africa
0: where, is that what they're saying cuz yeah, all I, I hear is down in Africa that's all I hear down in Africa whenever i hear that song but i'll sing that line over and over until my wife threatens to beat me um <laughs> uh, if i don't stop so uh so there's the lyric link there, i'm sorry uh, once again, okay. I brought this down. I, got, I gotta get sure.
2: that e-
1: I gotta I gotta give some other lyrics cause that's an earworm now. Uh, if you guys <laughs> have not listened to, um, this is perfect for this Torrance Wells known.
0: oh, yeah, so you should yeah. Go, go
1: look it up, right? And it's I'm fully known by you. Um, uh, hard truth and ridiculous grace. Mm-hmm. It's not one or the other. I'm fully known and loved by you, and I love that lyric. That are he, those
0: accurate lyrics? Because you've been uh, accused pretty close. Of
1: they're pretty no, they're pretty close. <laughs> they, maybe
0: that a, sounds a, right. That sounds a right. A
1: slight amalgamation of different lines, but those are the actual words. I know. I, I can't it's be beautiful. a a decomposer, but um, no, <laughs> he talks about like it's not that God doesn't know us deeply all of the brokenness, all of the places that are out of alignment um, uh, you know, and that's kind of what Paul's going to get into next year is that he is working on us, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We're not there yet, but but we are he, It's it's not because he doesn't know those things. Um, he gives us ridiculous grace. He yeah. fully knows us. he gives us ridiculous grace grace he loves us enough to know the truth about us too and i think that's somewhere where we often get off track is that love is a gushy kind of smearing over and yeah. that's not real mm-hmm. love right real mm-hmm. love is the person who makes you go to the doctor when they know you know something's wrong oh. because they want you yeah. to be healthy right and god will confront us and work on us um that's the deposit of the holy spirit we had a great discussion about that um about what it means to put a deposit down. Like, you know, Joe and I will say we're homeowners. Actually, the bank owns our mm-hmm. house, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but we have put down a deposit and we are good for it and we've proven that we're good for it. And so over time, more and more, we are possessing this house. Mm-hmm. That Holy Spirit, the God's presence in us is given to us and our outcome is sure. But we are still in the process of the Holy Spirit renovating us from the inside out, even though we are fully owned um, mm-hmm. by God. And I love that picture. And that just rings with that song in my head, too. Right. We are a member of the family, even though we are still learning how to live in that truth um, and being renovated into yeah. that truth more and more.
0: Yeah. That that Holy Spirit being the deposit. As yeah, he says here, right?
2: right
1: is
0: so good. You know, yeah, you are yeah. mine, Mm-hmm. and what a remarkable gift. I, I, there's something I've mentioned this before. Um, as we kind of, I want to let you also, if there's any extra things here, or not extra things, <laughs> but you know what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like, or right, statements right, right. you'd like to draw out of this. But for me, I think that I this is one of the things I want my kids to know.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, First, obviously, that they they belong to God, that God loves them, but also that they are mine, that they belong, Mm -hmm. that Devin and I love them more than they can fathom and even, and Mm. that that knowledge of sonship, that knowledge of belonging, that knowledge of, Being in our family will hopefully create in them a a type of security that will last them their whole lives, that they'll actually pass on to their kids and to their grandkids, even though they're both convinced they're never marrying or moving out of our house. What would they <laughs> right. do when we go to the Outer Banks? After all, you know, right, um, right. or to Cedar Point? Right now, yeah. right, exactly. So, <laughs> so that that is just really important to me that my kids know. And Paul is expressing to these um, newer believers, you are a part of the family, and you—I mean—the deposit is the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in in. Of course, we're all bought with the price. We know that. And mm-hmm. our inheritance, it's guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory, meaning when all things are brought, are restored back unto God, a new heaven and a new earth. You know, it's all a part of his plan. And we get to be a part of that, Kristen. And mm-hmm. it's exciting. Mm-hmm.
1: It is exciting, and I, um, I love what you're saying with your kids, um, because what God is saying is that His actions towards us prove His character. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of mind blowing, right? That He's saying you are My glory. Just like our kids Mm -hmm. feel like they're our glory or something you've invested in deeply, like your book, right? Mm -hmm. You have this sense of like, I invested in this. This Mm -hmm. is part of me, right? God is saying, (laughs) by my actions towards you and the way I love you and the way I bring you into my family, that is demonstrating my character. That is my glory. And um, that has really been profound in my life lately, just thinking about the way that he acts towards me and the way I live and claim and move to be in the body. That is how we glorify God. When we say, you know, I carry his name. And when I, um, when I act in concert with his character, that brings him glory. Mm
2: -hmm. When I act
1: outside of his character his forgiveness brings him glory. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My continued, uh, when he calls me on something, that is a love that brings him glory. That he, you know, uh, how I interact with him every day, how we, how we, I should say. There's a little Western lens coming in there. How we, as a body, of uh, immediate families of spiritual families i don't mean you know immediate right, spiritual right. families love and care for one another and include and stay open as a circle and accept each other's differences and their shortcomings that it, how we move in that that brings glory to god how we stay connected to other bodies that brings glory to god how that overflows into our communities into how we treat others how we forgive when people don't deserve forgiveness oh. how we repent and mm. and ask for forgiveness when they don't deserve it or isn't asked for or earned that is how we bring glory when we share our resources out of our abundance we provide for other people that brings that is the glory of god is is his character replicated mm. in his image bearers um yeah. that is profound to me i've been just been really sitting with that it's another one of those church fra- phrases where we say to god's glory what does that really mean
0: yeah you know yeah. it's
1: the demonstration of his character in tiny ways that add up in this world that bring the kingdom um and and the fact that even my failures can be a demonstration of his glory yeah uh, that that's um, life changing in my own spirit. I'm still working through that, right? Uh, that's that fully known, you know, hard truth and ridiculous grace. It's not, it's not about me being the perfect image of God. Um, it's about the process and demonstrating that relationship. Mm. And um, yeah, that that's been a profound thing for me lately.
0: Awesome, awesome. I can't think of a better way to kind of close this part of Ephesians as well for our purposes here today. Um, And except with just a quick challenge, who are you loving today? Who are, as Kristen was Mm. sharing all these things, how are you living that out? And how are you bringing others into the knowledge of who Jesus is? Mm. And not just by your words, but by how you're actually living and how you're loving and serving. And uh, ask yourself this question today as you, as you listen to this and go about your day. Who's, whose feet is God calling me to wash today?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And how can I be a part of opening myself up to opening my circle up so that I can invite uh, others into this great, uh, grace and this amazing love that is lavished upon me. How can I yeah. lavish this on someone else today?
1: Absolutely.
0: God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to Joy and Java. We really appreciate the support. And if you would uh, do us a favor, uh, hit the share button on this, put this on your own social media, and share this uh, message about Ephesians and about what God is doing in our lives with your friends. And uh, also, if you are so inclined and God leads you, we'd love to have you uh, support the Ministry of Pursuit Friends Church. Just go to pursuitfriends.org/give, and you can give to all that God is doing uh, here in our midst. It's an honor to be a part of this podcast, part of this church, Kristen. Hundred percent um, to work with you and uh, just see how what God's doing in our midst. It's just it's such a cool thing to witness every week uh, and be reminded of it on this podcast as we talk about it so until next ti- yeah until next time God bless you guys
3: listen. I remember the way that I used to play Hiding in the pain and the shame of my yesterday Wondering if I'll ever get over the tragedy The hurt and the agony of all that was done to me I know that I don't want to be another statistic I'm working hard, trying my best to not be sadistic Even if I don't want to be, I know I'm a be. So I'm going to try to break free of this reality I remember the tears of all the good years Holding on to hope in my dreams Living without fear Living my life with such a reckless abandon On the highway to heaven Just like the late Michael Landon I don't mean to be cruel But I was playing the fool Hope that no one would notice That I was drowning in a deep pool I thought that I was so smart But I was falling apart I saw the sin that was deep in my heart Heart Woke up that morning at a quarter to seven, shaking in the realization of what had happened. I couldn't believe that I was living a lie. All the pain and confusion. She was the love of my life. I couldn't stand to think about what the future would hold. I was afraid living in shame about the mess that I made. It's been said so many times that fortune favors the bold, but I was holding on to lies, spinning out of control. I played the part on Sunday, but then on Monday, the game would start again. I was living life sideways, sidestepping the truth. I was an addict on Monday, but a church boy on Sunday, trying to live like a sleuth in and out of the shadows i was losing the battle nobody knew how much my faith was beaten, shaken and rattled i tried to cover it up by getting all dressed up didn't want them to know how badly i was messed up for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, through Him, might be saved. This is the truth. But wait, I remember the day when I turned away, found my hope in Jesus again, surrendered all of my sin. I've got the new life and I'm drinking the new wine of a Savior who loves me, now I'm grafted in His spine. Ain't nobody gonna tell me that I'm not saved. Nobody gonna take away what he gave. Now I live to shine his light upon the darkness. This is the kind of movement that cannot be honest. Now I'm moving forward in his grace and power. Got the truth of his word and the faith of the sour. Gonna do my best to shout it from the treetops. This is the kind of love that simply cannot be stopped. Though my sin could tend to get in the way, the power of Jesus' resurrection will win the day. A new surrender of will would become such a thrill. No more running uphill with Jesus, I can be chill. strong I don't have to linger too long in the book of lamentations now I'm living life in the glorious light when I look at my wife I see the grace of Christ ain't nobody gonna tell me that I'm not saved ain't nobody gonna take away what he gave na 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 na.